Hola. Hello. Bienvenidos a Enredo. A podcast about raising bilingual children. I do like to read with my mama. This is Monica. And this is Paula. Bienvenidos a Entre Dos. A podcast about raising bilingual children. Welcome to our final show of the year. This is very yes. exciting. Yes. It's been how long, Paula, have we been doing this? For seven months. We started in May. May? Seven? Yes. yes. That's yes. I can't believe that we're seven months in, actually. I know. We made it. <laughs> we made it. <laughs> We've survived so, so far. <laughs> yes, we have. It, it actually has been really fun. So um happy. Yes. I'm happy with, with the show and, and where we're at right now. And I am also super happy that Navidad is here. And I think our daughters are even more happy about that. Oh, yes. Very <laughs> oh, excited. Yes. Very excited. And, Christmas and what are, is everywhere. <laughs> exactly. And, and what are you doing for the holidays? So we usually spend it in, in Houston uh, with my family. My parents live here. I have an uncle who lives here and my cousins come into town, my brother. So we usually spend it here and we celebrate on Nochebuena, on Christmas Eve. Uh, but there we have a lot of other traditions uh, from Colombia that we try to incorporate throughout um, the season. The Probably the biggest one for us is the novena or the Christmas novena, which we do uh, in Colombia. And it's nine days, which you pray, but, you know, there's lots of singing and lots of food. And, you know, the idea is that you go to a different house every day, but sometimes that can be logistically challenging <laughs> with distances in Houston. So, but we get together you know, at least three, four times with family and friends. And, and it's a lot of fun, especially for the little ones and um, just the music and how festive it is. We, we use instruments when we sing, so it's a lot of fun. So that's, that starts on the 16th, and we're really looking forward to that. I remember doing novenas with, with you when you were yes. here in Miami. It was really fun. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. And people yeah. get into it. And we've, you know, if you probably remember in Miami, we, we, it wasn't just Colombians or <laughs> it was everybody came and we even started incorporating prayers in English and it's fun. It's fun to mix it or introduce people to it and just, you kind of make it your own thing. And that, I think that's, that's part of growing up in, in two cultures, right? Right. Or living now in another culture and trying to pass it on mash up we do our mash up yes <laughs> yeah yes it, it's yeah it's true and what it, about you well I like almost every year since Zoe was born um we're going to Puerto Rico um and I'm super excited and she is super excited because as soon as we get on that airplane Navidad has begun, you know, that's like, if she, it, she immediately associates that with, you know, everything that's good about, you know, the holidays. So it, it's really exciting. It's not really fun to travel, you know, during this time of year, especially on an airplane, 
because everything mm-hmm. is packed and crazy and delays and all sorts of things. But we really look forward to to going there because we get to see all of our family um, and, you know, we get to really like sort of participate in all of the fun sort of Puerto Rican traditions. We get to do parrandas and my mom is an amazing cook, so she's going to do all of the, you know, things that we love, the arroz con gandules and the pasteles and the alcapurrias and everything. So it's it's really nice. And um, so I also luckily gets to practice her Spanish over there. Yes. <laughs> yes. So it, that's really, every time we come back from Puerto Rico, she's like her Spanish is next level because yeah. that's all she does while we're there. Even my husband's um, David's uh, Spanish increases significantly his vocabulary because he's forced to speak and actually try to understand my family when we're all screaming (laughs) (laughs) over each other (laughs) over each other all the time yes uh so yeah it's it's, we're we're excited and I, i think that um when you travel it sort of sets a little bit of like that parameters of like the holidays begin and then they end when you come back Mm-hmm. Because with kids, it's funny. So I will continue singing my burrito, mi burrito sabanero, um, up until probably March. Yes, Emilia is the same. <laughs> yes, and in Puerto Rico, you know, the holidays are dangerous because they really end with La Fiesta de San Sebastián, which they are usually at the end of January. Um, so yeah, it's good to have the sort of the parameters so that you know we can stop with that. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god yeah so yeah yeah it's a good opportunity to to incorporate traditions and even foods like you mentioned um for for the kids so that they they grow up with it and it's different than what they're getting here um and in, it's in nice US. yeah and, and it's nice to also have associations of um the holidays with you know family and tradition as opposed to just getting gifts yes um that's really nice because we travel you know we end up spending a lot of money on just getting to puerto rico so that's a gift in itself yeah (laughs) because it is a lot of money so we end up you know it's not we don't have very like big christmases in terms of gift giving because traveling with gifts is really difficult and amazon doesn't deliver you know, to Puerto Rico. <laughs> it, I mean, it delivers some things, but not everything. Right. Um, don't listen to this with your kids. Okay. <laughs> Spoiler alert about Santa, just in case, <laughs> if you have this speaker, um, we'll add a spoiler later, but yeah, um, yeah but, but it's, it's nice to have those associations. Cause I, I mean, I know I do, I, I really enjoyed getting gifts, but the truth is that like the, my favorite thing, you know, Christmas is being with family. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, and here and all those yeah. little events and get togethers. I mean, that's the, that's what it's all about. Exactly. Yeah. And they get to speak Spanish in the process. So that's added bonus. <laughs> exactly. So we are uh, starting to work on our on, on next year, like Monica mentioned, this is our oh, yeah. last episode of this year because we need a 
to take a little break and we're Monica's traveling and the holidays are coming. But um, we've already started working on the first two episodes of ne- of the year. So we plan to have previews for you soon and, and just stay stay on the yes. lookout on our social media for previews of some of the topics that we'll be dealing with in January. Yeah, stay tuned. Right. It, it'll come out right after um, The Three Kings. Which is <laughs> yes. January 6th. <laughs> That's right. Thank you. As you know, we started the show to answer our questions about raising bilingual children. And since the year's coming to an end, we've been looking back at what we learned so far, and we wanted to share it with you. So each of us came up with our top three lessons. Here we go. I'll start with with my first um, lesson, which is sort of my mantra, my mantra because um, this is something that happens to me frequently, um, and, and it's it's don't get overwhelmed um, because I find myself often feeling overwhelmed with the challenges of, of helping Zoe keep her Spanish. Um, the challenges that I, I'm dealing with right now and also the challenges that are upcoming that don't exist now, but I know that they, they might happen at some point. Um, for instance, right now we're getting ready for kindergarten and it's kind of difficult actually. It's a, amazingly difficult to find quality dual language programs in both the private and, and public school systems. And this is something that has sort of overwhelmed me. <laughs> so I- I'm trying to sort of tell myself, you know, this is this is something that it's it's a long road, and you can't get um, too focused on the smaller um, problems. You need to think of the bigger picture. You need to think of the fact that every day um, you're doing your best to try and and give your kid that gift of of you know, a second language. So, and that is enough on most days that is enough. And, and that's something that I've really learned in the show to sort of relax a little bit and not get too hung up on the little details that can derail you and sometimes even take away motivation um, and yeah. make you feel defeated. And that's, that's no good. That doesn't help anyone. Yeah, that's great advice. And I think we heard that from most every guest that we that shared advice that there was a variation of of that. Just relax and and enjoy. Exactly. And the one I wrote or like the first one that came to mind for me is kind of similar. It's along the same lines. And it was look at bilingualism as a process rather than the end goal. And I think it it, it kind of speaks to what you were saying about not getting bogged down in the details. And, you know, we've heard from, for example, our guest, Dr. Annie Castilla Earls, that families like mine are kind of on the losing end of the deal because we speak, I have a a English speaking husband and we're in an English dominant environment. And so I may be you know, less successful perhaps at maintaining that language. But 
I also think back to another one of our guests, Arturo, Dr. Arturo Hernandez, who um, said, you know, by the time that, that the kids are teenagers, what you want is that they love the language so much that they want to learn it on their own and that they have an interest on their own. So I've started to think about it that way and not think about it in more minute in right. ways, like, for example, oh, she's speaking back to me in Spanish, in English today, yep. and I need to make her speak to me in 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 Spanish. Um, I'm looking, like you said, at the big, bigger picture and, and knowing that this is a process, it's going to be a long process, and it's probably going to change day by day. And as she grows up, I don't know if she's going to push back even more or not. But at the same time, I know that with the little things that we do and that I've done so far, that she understands the value of the language and that that it's important and that it also <clears throat> opens up opportunities for her and that she can communicate with people and it's a positive thing. So that's that was the very first thing that came to mind. And, and I think that speaking to our guests, uh, several of our guests kind of changed that perspective a little bit to me and, and looking at it in a different way helps make it less stressful, maybe, <laughs> or less yeah. overwhelming. That's yeah. probably a better word. <laughs> and, and you know, yeah. what, what we're doing is making a difference. It's just that much like with most things that matter, you can't see it immediately. You have to have patience. Right. So yeah. it, it's, you know, we have to we have to have faith that what we're doing is going to have you know an impact on our children and that applies to really everything that we do with them <laughs> so yeah. it's it's you know having faith is important and um so my next um lesson is is one about community and it's something that i've thought about a lot uh because it it is important um in the sense that community in terms of language support is one of the most sort of relevant things when it comes to um providing that exposure to your child to that target language but um even though i can't do that alone i can definitely do a lot just by myself and I say this because I know that many of you out there um, are not able to find that community as easily maybe as I can because I'm in Miami. And I want you to know that you can do a lot just on your own in terms of giving your kid exposure um, to the language. You have to get creative and it doesn't even have to cost any money. If, if you speak the target language, then you can pretty much come up with any activity with your kid um, every week, for instance, and practice. Um, I can tell you that for me, um, my biggest challenge is that my schedule doesn't allow me to do a ton of extracurricular activities with my daughter. So I started um, our Sábados en Español pretty much after our first interview with um, Annie Castilla Earls, the Frambuesa or raspberry, um, because in there she talked to us about the concept of exposure, um, which we will be exploring in the show next year um, more deeply. And 
you know, how important exposure is to offer um, to our children. We need to give them as many opportunities for exposure as possible. And I reali realized that I needed to give Soe um, uninterrupted Spanish um, sort of time to really go deep with her sort of vocabulary building and grammar. And um, so we spent all morning on Saturdays together doing fun activities and talking a lot all the time about anything she wanted to talk to. Um, sometimes I try to find activities in Spanish. And when I can't find something in Spanish, we'll just go to the library and read a few new books in Spanish, or we'll just go to the park. Um, we usually do brunch too, which is fun. Um, and, you know, outside of just practicing the target language, um, this is something that gives me quality time with her. And it, it's, it's nice. It's nice. It's scheduled every week. So she knows to expect it and she looks forward to it. And so do I. And I have noticed that, that her conversational Spanish has improved significantly. And I have to think that it, you know, the, the Spanish Saturdays have had an impact on her. And this is something that I'm doing on my own. I just found the time to do it. Um, so it doesn't matter where you're, where you live, you can find something to do with your kid. You have some control over the situation because sometimes we feel a little bit out of control, right? Yeah. <laughs> with so yeah. many things. And it does. With... Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> oh no, go ahead. go ahead. No, I was going to say, and it doesn't even have to be like a whole morning if, if there's an hour a week that you have exactly, and you do one particular activity but you do it every week like monica said they come to expect it it's expected that it's in spanish or whatever your minority language is and um it it just delineates it more for them if it's something that is not consistent in their day-to-day -day, um, then you can create that opportunity yes definitely And my second is, believe it or not, we did these individually without telling each other, but they're very related. <laughs> so my second one is, um, is to reach out and to either other parents or local librarians or anybody you might think that might be able to help you create opportunities for your children to practice that language. Um, I know that it's difficult in some areas, but I feel like the more I've listened to to our guests and to what people do with their children, I feel like if the opportunities aren't there, you can create them. Um, and we will hear from uh, next year, we will hear from some librarians and we were excited to hear that they're very open open. Yes. to hearing from their patrons and to hearing from parents who might be interested in starting something in a, a particular program in their, in their local library. So that's only one option, but you know, there's, we've uh, met some friends who are, who, who are Spanish speakers and we have started, for example, now during Christmas, um, Another tradition from Colombia is uh, the day of the El Día de las Velitas or the day of the little candles. And it's on December 7th. You light candles and, and it kind of marks the 
beginning of the holiday season in Colombia, and it coincides with the Day of the Immaculate Conception, so it has that religious tie as well. But we got together with one other family um, who that's very similar to ours. She's Colombian, he's American, they have two boys. And we did this, we just got together at a house and lit a ton of candles and, and the kids had a blast. And she told me if we would have been doing this by ourselves, they would have, my kids would have lost interest in five seconds and they would have been off to do their own thing. But because yeah. we were together and, you know, we were doing it together, then it became a lot more interesting to them. So even if it's just one other parent that perhaps is in your same situation or speaks the same language or somebody local, um, it's just try to go out and find those opportunities for your kids and don't be scared to reach out because I think that sometimes it's scary, but it sounds like people are more receptive than we think yes. <laughs> to those types of ideas. Absolutely. And I mean, sometimes you can, you know, you can reach out to people if you know of people that would be interested in, in, you know, doing activities in the target language. And like you said, I mean, organizations that particularly public libraries, organizations that are there to support you as a citizen, um, they will find ways to help you um, in your quest. So yes, definitely reach out. That is super important. And, you know, one thing that doing the show um, has sort of helped me realize in bilingualism, because this is a topic that I was not very familiar with, even though I've been bilingual for a very long time, um, is that there's just so much work to do. Um, in terms of, well, everything. Um, the research on bilingualism is still just scratching the surface. Um, and, and so much of what we thought we knew has been either disproven or changed. Um, and even though it seems that, that most people agree, right, that, that being bilingual or, or multilingual is good, there's really not a lot of um, substantial conversation about how to successfully implement systems that will help people learn other languages besides English. And in, here in the show, I mean, we're so lucky to be able to talk to, you know, experts and parents that are, that are really dedicated to really understanding how the mind processes languages and how to find innovative ways to sort of inject language into um, their environments. Um, but I think we're really only scratching the surface here. I think there's so much more to this. Um, and it's, it's really exciting to sort of be exploring a topic that still, it feels like it's still sort of the beginning stages of, of really discovering something really amazing about languages and about what it means to to know more than one language. Yes, I agree. And we can only hope that it start changes the perception of what by of, of bilingualism here, because it's not. I think it's not what we've and we've heard it from guests. It's not as appreciated, perhaps, or as valued as it is in other countries. It's not seen as kind of 
normal for everybody to speak another language, perhaps because there isn't a need. But I do think there is a kind of a growth going on in various areas, um, education and with with bilingual programs kind of popping up and being in, in demand, even though there's a lot of work to do there. And we'll, I'm sure we'll be exploring dual language education eventually. Sure. Um, but definitely more research. I mean, even businesses, you, we've inter we've talked to moms who have said, you know, I didn't, I saw a need and, 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 you know, I started hosting Spanish classes for moms in my house, or I created this book box or, you know, that there's so many components and I do think it's, it's growing and, and that may be in Spanish, but I know that there are other, uh, languages being represented in in various parts of the country so it's exciting to see but i but i do think there's there's so much unexplored still and i think we're looking forward to dig into that and see how how it evolves oh yes but hopefully there's a hopefully there's a, a changing attitude and perception um towards towards bilingualism um, my last one's very simple and it's just have fun because, uh, you know, I think that sometimes we may fall into this like, okay, oh my gosh, they're not speaking or I need to do this and that. And, and, and we might get too, too bogged down by that and not just enjoy and, and, and be more spontaneous about how we try to bring <laughs> the language to to our kids and and have fun and just have fun with it and and don't stress so much about what other people might think if you get questioned we don't get the question about whether our kids will be confused much more but we did get it when they were younger and we know this is common and don't get discouraged by that those types of comments and just just enjoy yourself and and know that I think there's no, I think uh, one of our guests uh, in our episode about, um, what was it was with Annie as well, and we discussed a little bit of, of kind of the family dynamics. And uh, one of our guests said that she's come to realize that it doesn't matter how she gets to her goal of having bilingual children, there's different ways of doing it. And I tend to agree, and there's no right or wrong. So I say, just have fun with it. Yes, please. I mean, it, it is, it's, it's language. Language should be fun, right? And learning should be fun. Ideally, we hope. And, yeah. <laughs> and it, it's honestly like, you know, it's particularly at when they're a little younger and they're still learning the, the rules of language. It's just so funny, the things that they come up with that, mm -hmm. you know, and I honestly, there are things that I just don't correct. So it would. I don't correct her yet because I, I think it's adorable <laughs> the way that she says them. And I love that she comes up with these creative ways yeah. to solve that communication, right? Because that that's the, the goal of communicating, right? To, to be understood. And she is successful at it. I completely understand her and what she means. And I think that that's really like, she's, she is definitely trying hard. And, and I see that. And I, I love it. I think it's great. Yeah. Yes. So stay with it. And we hope that next year we can 
bring you a lot more information to help you along the way and help ourselves. <laughs> We're on the same path. I know. We still need a lot of help. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much for listening to us and also thank you to our guests for sharing their experiences with us. We went into this with heart and minds open and so far it has been an incredible experience. We hope you'll stay connected with us during the break on social media. You can find us on Instagram, Facebook and Twitter at Entre Dos Podcast. And don't forget to join our Facebook group. We have um, a small community forming there and you can tell us about your bilingual experiences, suggest episode ideas or ask your burning questions. Yes. And remember, if you like what you hear, please rate and review our show. That really helps us. Yes. And with that, Feliz Navidad. Happy holidays. Until next year. Nos vemos. <laughs> And all points west. 